What? Y'all have never been to Cumnock County? The Cumnock is a little patch at the heart of the Old North State, right between Manio and Murphy, where none of the good roads go or ever went. The Cumnocks were froggy when a courtin', where old Dan Tucker came to town, riding on a billy goat and leading a hound, where Willie was going when he was going by, where that other Willie buried pretty Polly. Blackbeard buried his treasure there and reclaimed his head. Mako Joe hangs up his lantern there come the morning. The devil had his tramping ground in the Cumnock first until the first white settlers spooked him and he moved over to Siler City. That's the Cumnock, the state's 101st county. That's where, one summer day in 1834, a preacher came wandering in. He wandered in from the north and west, out of the over-mountain states, out of the Second Great Awakening. This preacher came to preach free will, salvation, and general atonement, which was for him a stroke of good luck, godly providence, or both. Had he come to the Cumnock preaching predestination and particular grace for the elect, the massy run of Cumnock folks would have laughed until they cackled and declared to one another, Well, hell fire ain't no kind of decent God going to elect me to dog catcher, and gone on about their sinning as they'd never sinned before. But no, this preacher came preaching free will and full grace and believer's baptism to the Cumnock, and he found a broad clearing on the banks of the bloody river, just where its course dropped out of the Scardy Mountains to flatten and slow. The clearing was level, or rather tilted but gently, and shaded and framed by willows. The bloody water was take-your-breath cold, even in July. The farmer who claimed to own it was indifferent to its possible yields, as he was unhappy about the actual farming he already had to do, and so he let the preacher use it for free, with a grunt and a wave of his hand. The preacher upturned a stump and got to preaching. In time, he had an audience. In a little more time, he had a congregation of believing believers he dunked in the river. In a bit more time, they had themselves a church, an ark of whitewashed pine, hardly more than a cabin that was hardly more than a box. But a church it was, consecrated, and a church it stayed, the first ever Baptist church in the Cumnock. The clearing grew a community around it, one camp meeting at a time, as the unhappy farmer had taken note of the mercantile potential of the crowd-turned-congregation and turned his farmhouse into a general store and himself into a real estate agent. Tents pitched for camp meetings turned into cabins and then to houses. Believing believers took up trades to do for one another what was needed. Others of the Cumnock, and then the believing believers themselves, and then the Postmaster General of the United States took to calling the clearing Baptist Flats. That first preacher in due time went on to his reward, which was the pulpit and paycheck of a larger church just outside of Raleigh. The Baptist Church and Baptist Flats went on without him, having long since elected a board of deacons, who without delay found hired, excuse me, called to the pulpit a new preacher, an eager young man from over in Randleman, who'd felt God's call while plowing, just a moment after the mule had farted in his face. And a while more time, after the war and after the Reconstruction, and after Sonny Greengrass IV had opened up his copper mine in the Scardy Mountains, bringing prosperity to him and his and something like it to the Cumnock, and after Machpelah Hyde had started building Hyde Town 
on the hilltop around his family's ancient tavern, the Hyde Inn. And after him and Sonny had opened the Hyde Town Savings and Loan and petitioned the General Assembly to carve for the Cumnock its own county, with Hyde Town the county seat since Mike was half done building the courthouse already. After all that, and then after some while time more, the Deacon Board and Baptist Flats decided they ought to move to town too. They and the other believing believers of the Baptist Church were no more the stiff-necked, red-necked clodhoppers their forebears had been, shouting, carrying on in camp meetings, crazed for grace and salvation. They now in Baptist Flats were solid citizens, men of trade, with heads for business and hearts for the promise of the New South. They and their church belonged in Hyde Town with the quality of Cumnock County. They selected an auspicious downtown site, north side of the courthouse square, on the corner where the Raleigh Road ran into town and ran out the other side, transformed into the Charlotte Highway after semicircling the square, which was round. The south may have been new, but this was still the Cumnock. The lot, of course, belonged to Machpela Hyde. The deacon fathers of the Baptist Church went to Mr. Hyde with their offer. Mr. Hyde laughed until he cackled. So the deacon fathers found their second favorite site, halfway down the Raleigh Road from Baptist Flats and halfway up from the courthouse square, and built their new sanctuary there. What they'd saved on the site, they spent on the church house. They built it twice as large as the ark they aspired to transcend, and they built it with windows and a baptistry so that no new believing believers would have to brave the cold waters of the bloody. They built a pulpit in place of the old thin lectern, and a choir loft beside the pulpit, and a balcony, and a lobby between the front doors and the back of the sanctuary. They built with pine boards they painted white, not whitewashed, and they made plans to add a steeple some day. They were to dedicate the new church house one Sunday in the spring, though many of them noticed on the day before that the sky was a bit too bright, the sunshine too strong, strong as the pressure growing in their ears, strong as the sweet and airy smell in their noses. The sunset was a little too pretty, and there was much foreboding. At midnight, a torrent fell, as if the windows of heaven were opened. The rains came down in a rush as if late to catch a train, and because the rains had been coming down a while to the west, up in the Scardy Mountains and beyond, the Cumnock's three rivers, the Bloody, the Muddy, and the Fuddy, all burst from the bonds of their banks. Baptist Flats flooded, washing away the old pine arc of a church, flooding the cellar and porch of the general store, floating the bench and the rocking chairs off to the swamps in the east of the Cumnock, where a bear hunter, a man of the native tribe the first white settlers had driven into the swamps, would find and salvage them in days to come, and in years to come turn them into family heirlooms. Hyde Town flooded. The waters filled the ground floors of the shops around the courthouse square, the Hyde Town mercantile, Bynum and Bynum clothiers, not to mention the stalls of the Dare livery stable and the basement jail beneath the courthouse. Lighter trade goods, Fashionable dresses for ladies and sharp suits for gentlemen rippled and swelled on the rising, churning waves like long-lost beasts of the deep or forests of multi-hued marine vegetation. Horses and inmates floated off to freedom. Halfway in between the village and the town, the flood lifted the new church house of the Baptist Church up off its foundation, 
lifted it whole, lifted it clean, and carried it down the Raleigh Road toward town. At the bend in the courthouse square, a cross current came, pushed the church to the right, to the west, as if toward the trading ford road, but only for a little way. Soon the church house hit a swirl that twirled it, turned it round and round, and nudged it back up north, just a bit, just a few yards, really, and then the waters set it down. The church house came to rest, and the auspicious site the deacon board first had selected. The front doors even faced the street and the courthouse beyond. When the storm broke and the clouds parted for the dawn, Mike Pelahide set out in his dinghy to survey the damage. When he saw the Baptist church on the site he'd refused to sell, he tacked without delay to Baptist Flats, to the house of the preacher, who was huddling soggy with two of the deacons. Your church house is on my land, Mike Pelahide said. I want it moved within the month. The whole congregation came out to tear down their church house, loaded into wagons, lumber, molding, window glass, nails and all, haul it back up the Raleigh Road, and rebuild it on the second favorite site. It took them most all of the month they had. By the time they were done, spring had rolled into summer, and the wet in the air was stifling. The come-knock air was especially stifling the Saturday before they were to try again to dedicate the church house, and the good Baptist notice, and again there was much foreboding. The rains this time came from the south, not the west, but whatever the direction, Hydetown flooded just the same. Same currents, same cross-currents, same eddies and swirls. When the storm broke this time, and the clouds parted for the dawn, and Machpila Hyde set out in his dinghy to survey the damage, he saw once again the Baptist Church church house on the site he'd refused to sell. He trimmed his sail and lashed his rudder, scratched his chin, stared, and thought. He knew that the ancient formula demanded he refuse them one more time, but if God was going to play these games with him, the least Machpila Hyde could do was cheat. When he found the preacher and deacons, he not only let them have the site for not a penny more than what they'd paid him for the second favorite site, but he made a pledge to start the drive for funds to build a steeple. And not only that, but he pledged to, well, not to tithe, he lacked the cash flow for that just then, at the present moment, maybe someday you understand, it's a question of liquidity, you see, but to, what would you call giving 5% of one's income? A half-tithe? A quintithe? A quithe? For the Lord sure had sent him a sign, and a vision, and he left right then the rolls of St. Malachi's Episcopal Church, which his ancestor Malachi Hyde had helped to found, and he got himself dunked among the Baptists, the first believing believer baptized in the new baptistry. Baptists the Hydes remained, and so Baptists many in Hydetown became. They made public profession of their believing belief, and suffered the preacher to lay them low, wash them in the blood of the Lamb, push them down into and bring them up out of the water into a whole new life. The latest preacher smiled as his congregation grew. In Hydetown, what had been just plain old North Street, or even just that street above the courthouse, came to be called the Baptist Street, and then Baptist Street. What had been the Baptist Church became Baptist Street Baptist Church, as the Cumnock grew its population and its quantity of congregations, 
and those congregations grew well-ordered. For that had been Machpelah Hyde's vision that morning after the second flood, the second morning he'd sat in his dinghy and seen the church house facing the courthouse. He had seen right then a whole new Hyde town, a Hyde town in the years to come, and a whole new Cumnock County around it, respectable, tamed. Hyde town would be peopled by industrious folk who kept lawns instead of yards, made money instead of merry, and kept that money not squirreled away in nooks and holes like pirates, but safe and busy in Machpelah's bank. They not only would respect the New South Order now emerging, they would come to love it. His vision went on. These folks would travel as far from the old Cumnock as if they had crossed an ocean, though they might never even ever cross the county line. A whole community got above their raisins. They would be grateful for it and hateful of it. They would feel guilty and glad and guilty again for feeling glad. They soon would come to miss and lament the whitewashed ark they'd worked so hard to transcend, the general store they'd sought to disdain, the carrying on at camp meetings they themselves had never carried on, the clods they themselves had never hopped. A man could make a deal of money off of that, if he could situate himself right where the glad and the guilty met. Machpelahide's vision and conversion served both him and the Baptist Street Baptist Church quite well. In the last faint glistenings of the Gilded Age, while Charles B. Acock was building public schools for poor little lily-white children all over the state, old Machpelah made good on his pledge to build Baptist Street Baptist a steeple, and he threw in a belfry, too. In the flush after World War I, while that old red-shirt terrorist Cameron Morrison was paving roads from Mandio to Murphy and back again, Machpelah's son Micah Hyde built Baptist Street Baptist a Sunday school wing with a finished basement so the rain couldn't call off a potluck. In the boom after World War II, Micah's son Magog Hyde built Baptist Street Baptist a gymnasium and a fellowship hall with a little kitchen off to one side. Each new growth they built not in pine boards but in bricks, fired from blood-red cumnock clay, the plaster and trim painted as white as the angels in her thighs. Hyde's, too, had reaped the benefits of Baptist ascendancy in the shuffling and swell of the American century. New and profitable connections, community standing, the whiff of the common touch. Never let it be said that a Hyde failed to see the up-and-comer. Old man Machpelah found he appreciated, even believed in, the Baptist worship without creed, or intercession of priests between him and his maker. If he had to concede a maker at all, could not take credit for his own self entire, then this was the next best thing. In his last years, he liked to sit, front pew, not listening to the sermon, but thinking back to the second flood, and delighting in his memories of his far-sighted vision. His vision had showed him only so far, though, only so many years, not all the years yet to come. How could he have known that? How could he have looked beyond when what he saw at the boundary so pleased him? How could he have known that sunny summer morning he sat atop the waters of the flood that he was about to pick the lock on the door to the gate and the wall 
whose opening would let the devil come back to the cumnock.